Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all this morning. As we continue to worship, I ask that you turn to Colossians chapter 1. Last week we uh, looked at Colossians 1, and we'll be there today and next week as well. We're looking, uh, spending a couple weeks talking about and and hopefully growing together in prayer. Um, So last week we we started in this uh, three-part series where we'll be today and next week as well. Colossians chapter 1, let me pray. Uh, before we dive in. Father God in heaven, we thank you that you are a great God, that you are holy, that you are good. Lord, that you are slow to anger, abounding in love. And God, that out of your grace and mercy, you um, have revealed who you are, not only through creation and your word, but God also ultimately through your son Jesus. And Lord, now I pray that as we open your scriptures, that you inspired to be written, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would give us understanding in our hearts and minds. Uh, to understand your word, to apply it, empowered by your spirit, God, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that that would happen uh, for us personally, in marriages and families and friendships, as a church community in general. And now, God, as we um, look specifically on the issue of prayer, God, I pray that you would grow us as people of prayer. Lord, that you would grow us to pray honestly to you, our loving Father. God, that you would Grow us in prayer together as a community of people who pray uh, together, who pray for one another, with one another. Um, And God, I pray that we would uh, grow in that way that would best honor you and bring us joy and advance the gospel from uh, our lives out to the nations. We ask this in Christ's good and holy name. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is God's word. Friends, prayer is a community event. And God works in and through people of prayer. Last week as we looked at this set of verses, we talked about gospel prayer, seeing that that gospel prayer is an unceasing conversation with God our Father. We can be clumsy, we can be uh, not good at prayer that we think, we can uh, maybe not know what words to use or what to say, uh, like maybe like a toddler who's learning to talk, Uh, but it's okay. Just talk to your Father. Talk to God, and he will grow us in prayer. We looked at that last week, that gospel prayer is an unceasing prayer for knowledge and wisdom and understanding so that we could walk worthy, bearing fruit in every good work. Today, as we look at community prayer, we're going to focus on verses 11 and 12 that say this. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. Friends, this is a powerful verse as it applies to prayer. You know that God has not saved, if you're a Christian, he has saved you, but he has not saved just you. 
He has saved you to a community of believers for all time. He has saved you to be part of a family of God. He has saved you to be part of the body of Christ, to be part of God's kingdom. Therefore, prayer is not only a personal rhythm, a personal discipline that we are to partake in, but it's also a community event. So we have kind of a big family at the Carr household. I have four children. It's always loud. It's always fun sometimes. There's lots of talking. I'm a man of many words. My children take after me. (laughs) There's just constant talking at our house. And it's hilarious to see the conversations, even this morning, as the twins, uh, they're two and a half years old, and, and they woke up, Nora, the youngest, woke up first and came downstairs, and I got her milk and did, did kind of whatever. And then all of a sudden, from the top of the stairs, we hear Sadie, the older twin, by seven minutes, call out, Daddy, Daddy, I'm up. And Nora got so excited, her eyes just widened. She goes, Sadie's up. And she ran up the stairs, and at the top of the stairs, just hugged her sister and they started laughing and swaying. And then, no lie, this cracked me up. Nora stepped back and said, Sadie, did you sleep good? <laughs> I was like, okay. And Sadie said, Sadie said, yeah. And Nora said, I slept good, too. And I just, it was hilarious. I just, it was the cutest thing to see these two two-year-olds have a conversation. Right? It was very, very simple conversation. And in fact, the more time you spend with any group of kids, you you hear these little conversations that seem very basic. Now, the conversations the two-year-olds have together are different than the conversations maybe that our five-year-old and seven-year-old have, right? The the level of of conversation just sounds different. The topics change a little bit. With the younger two, they're talking, you know, about whatever. Did you sleep good? Yeah, I slept good. And they laugh and hug. Um, You know, you get to the five-year-old, we talk about monster trucks and volcanoes. You get to the seven-year-old, she's in school. She's talking about her friendships at school. So it's very interesting. But when we get around the dinner table, I love it when my kids, it's a little crazy and wild, like I said, but they all want to share. Like the end of every day when we have, we, we try to have dinner together every night, and we sit around the table and all the kids are almost competing to share about their day. And it's really funny to hear the seven-year-old, the five-year-old, and the two-year-olds just shouting about, Dad, this is this and that. And they all are eager together to share about their day. Now, I'm a father. I love to hear about my children's day. I love to hear what's going on, what they're thinking, what they're excited about. I love to, to try to help navigate maybe something disappointing that happened or maybe something that they're sad about. And I love that we do that together. There's something very sweet about having one-on-one time with each of my children. But I also, there's something very sweet about having a group, a group conversation. And it can be noisy. But it's such a sweet thing. And I was thinking about this week, this is very similar to prayer. Like, obviously, God is our Father. He wants to have one-on-one conversation with you. Like, when I have time with my son, we call it a dude date. And so my son and I, just the two of us, went and saw monster trucks Friday night. It was insane. It was great. It was a dude date. But there's also something sweet about having a family time. And so I think God the Father wants, you know, due dates with his sons. He wants time with his daughters. He wants one-on-one conversation and prayer. It's what we talked about last week. It's good to have personal prayer, even if it sounds like it's just very simple two-year-old talk. Talk to your father. It's a good thing. But today as we look at community prayer, it's more like what what happens when we all gather around the banquet table of our Father and together just just talk to God the Father. That's what we're going to do today. 
we're going there in a little bit. So here is what we see the role of prayer and community together. The Apostle Paul writes here about not ceasing to pray. This unceasing prayer informed and fueled by the gospel. And he says this, May you, it's a plural, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. That is a beautiful statement about prayer together in community. You see, the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of believers at Colossae who uh, during the first century would have been transitioning out of the, uh, the, the religious structure of Judaism uh, in the context of the Roman Empire and uh, experiencing persecutions and struggles trying to, to figure out the role of the gospel in their lives. And he says, I'm, I'm praying for you, uh, unceasingly praying for you, you plural, that you would grow that you would be strengthened in his power according to his glorious might for endurance and patience and joy. And so I want us to break down that set of verses together. We're going to look at what this means biblically. Hip-hop time. We're going to look at what this means biblically, and then we're going to try it together. I've lost a little. There it is. Falling apart. So let's look at this. Praying for strength. May you be strengthened. Oftentimes we think about strength as being mere like muscle or being like really good at something. Maybe like, you know, you're strong because you can run fast or you can bench press whatever. Or maybe you're strong intellectually because you can, you're doing really well in school. Or maybe you're strong in your business because your business is doing well and you have really good leadership skills. And often we think about wanting to strengthen ourselves almost like from a self-help perspective. Saying like, well, I want to do better at my job, so I'm going to work harder. I want to do better at school, so I'm going to study harder. I'm going to, you know, I want to, I want to run better at the marathon, so I'm going to train harder. I want to bench press more, whatever. And so we often think of being strengthened as reliant on the work we put into it. Because the way our world works, that's typically what it is. If you want to excel in your business, you, you better clock in extra hours and then work harder. If you want to excel in school, you've got to study a lot harder, get in a group and do whatever. But biblically, what Paul is saying here is he is unceasingly praying for believers. He says, may you be strengthened. He's not saying strengthen yourself. He's not saying do better, try harder. He's not saying you have to do X, Y, and Z, and then you'll get strong. But rather, it is again in the, in the passive voice that you may be strengthened. It's something that is done to you, for you, by someone else. Someone else is strengthening you. And that happens by God through prayer. You see, it was common in first century religious circles, as it is today, that you would have to do certain things to earn the approval of your God. Or you'd have to do certain things to earn the approval of others. You have to do certain things and live a certain way in order to grow and conjure up your own strength, religiously, spiritually, politically, socially, whatever. Biblically, it is God that does the strengthening in you, for you, through you, to you. And prayer is the means by which he does it. May you be 
strengthened. Why? With all power. I, I love it. If you look at the Greek, which the New Testament was originally written in Greek, it's actually the same word as is used like twice in a row there in different tenses. Uh, but he says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. The word is like, may you be empowered by his power. It is like God's power is empowering you. And that's drastically different than bulking up your own intellect, bulking up your own morality, bulking up your own spirituality, doing better, trying harder to impress God the Father. It is God saying, I, through prayer, am going to strengthen you to grow you according to my might. And that changes everything. I don't know if that does for you, but it does for me. To know that as I pray to God the Father with my feeble prayers, with my, you know, Georgia redneck whatever that I have, I'm from here, so just whatever this accent is, I can just come before God the Father and say, look, I'm clumsy, I'm a smart aleck, I, whatever, God, I need you, I need you to empower me, I need you to strengthen me, I can't strengthen myself, I can't do better, I can't try harder, and it is a very comforting thing to know that it is God that does the strengthening, not me. You don't have to pray well in order for God to strengthen you. You don't have to pray right in order for God to strengthen you. You can pray sloppy. You can pray clumsy. You just, just pray and see what God does to strengthen you. To strengthen you according with all power. I love that. All power. Not some power. Not a little bit. All power. Strengthen with all power according to his glorious might. So if our prayers together are Godward, God can do amazing things in us and through us, in each other and through each other as we pray together. Look what else he says here. For all endurance and patience. All right, endurance and patience is not just uh, riding out the storm. Sometimes we think about that. We have to endure this long sermon, right? We have to endure this long school day. We have to endure the cold weather. We just have to ride it out. Just kind of hunker down and bundle up and just ride out the cold winter. Endurance and patience is so much more than that, biblically. Endurance is not just getting through something, but rather powering through something. It's not just, let me just sit here while the snow blows over, but rather it is like blazing a trail through six-foot-deep snow. Endurance is not just um, being weakened in the scenario, and then when the clouds go away and the sun comes out, we'll be better, but rather it is a thriving despite the circumstances. Endurance is something that, from man's perspective, doesn't make any sense. If you were a Christian in the first century and you're seeing persecution happen right and left, people who are believers being imprisoned or killed and churches being crushed by uh, imperial decree, it would be real easy to say endurance means to just hide out and cower and let's just hope we don't get caught. But as Paul writes, 
as God is doing the strengthening, as God is doing the empowerment by His power, His glorious might, endurance is a thriving that is happening despite the circumstances. It is things are going to seem like they're going to crush you. You're not going to get weaker as they crush down on you. You're going to get stronger. In fact, you are going to thrive as the pressure comes down on you. Right? Now think about how that applies for you and I today. We're here together. We're talking about prayer. We are going to pray with one another in a few minutes. And I want us to be thinking about what you need prayer for. Maybe you have uh, tensions in your marriage or family. Maybe you have tensions in your relationships with other believers. Maybe you have tensions with people at work or at school. Maybe you were under financial hardship or you were feeling doubt in your faith. Maybe there is physical illness and you were wrestling. I wrestle with a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not this high and mighty pastor. I'm just a, a guy who's like wrestling with stuff. I'm thinking, wow, I'm starting to doubt this or struggle with that. It's hurting me. I'm feeling pressure here, pressure there. Friends, God, the God who empowers us, empowers us to thrive, not just get by. And as the pressure comes down, there is a promise that God will empower you to endure, not just to ride out the storm, but to grow and to thrive and to get closer to him and closer to brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, he uses the words endurance and patience. I love the word patience because the word there is really long-suffering. It is a trait of God himself. The Old Testament, time and time again, says, the Lord is gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. There is a long-suffering that is a quality of God our Father. And when we pray together to God, he empowers us in strength for endurance and patience. We start reflecting the character of God to each other. That's amazing to me. As we pray together, we can reflect the character of God, our Father. Joy. I love that. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Wow. Okay, that changes everything. I mean, you're talking about dealing with pressures and struggles. You're talking about dealing with hardships, dealing with riffage and and hard relationships and finances and job and school and neighborhood and whatever, dealing with doubts in your faith, dealing with failings, whatever it may be for you, and thinking that all of that is God is going to show up and empower me to not only ride through but to thrive and to reflect his character with joy. Really? I mean, the first century church faced enormous hardship and persecution. There are people in this world, some of whom we know, who are doing ministry in hostile places. I mean, you turn on the news and you see terrorist groups in parts of Africa and in the Middle East and and even in parts of Asia that are doing horrible things to our Christian brothers and sisters. And then we look back and say here that, that God is, is not going to only sustain you, but, but you're going to thrive in that context. And as we pray, may he strengthen you to reflect his character of endurance and patience with joy. See, joy is not circumstantial. Happiness is circumstantial. You can be happy when things are going well. You can be sad when they're not going well. Joy has a much broader, eternal gospel perspective. 
If we have our eyes on our Father who is dishing out nothing but blessings to his children, saying, I am here, I am listening, I am caring for my people, things are going to be hard, things are going to be bad, but I promise I will empower you with strength for endurance and patience, with joy, that changes everything. It's a promise God makes, and we tap into that as we pray to him together. So when I ask you this, where do you turn for where, where do you turn for strength and joy? I mean, when you're feeling like downcast and you're like, man, things aren't going well, where do you go for strength? Is prayer even in there? When you're saying, man, I need uh, strength to get through this, I mean, things aren't going well relationally, things aren't going well practically here at work, school, wherever, where do you turn for strength? Do you retreat and run away and be left alone? Do you say, well, I'm going to man up and just kick in the door and just whatever? Do you, you know, try to prove yourself in some way? Or do you despair and give up and throw your hands in the air and say, forget it? Friends, let me encourage us all to lean into our Heavenly Father. And may we pray to Him. May we pray for one another and with one another that we all may be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for endurance and patience with joy. It's my hope and prayer for all of us that that would be the pattern of our prayer life, that we would pray that for each other, that we would pray with one another to God for that for each other. Because all of us got something we're dragging around. All of us have something that's pressing in on us. All of us. What you have pressing in may be different than what I have pressing in, but let me tell you, something is pressing on everybody in this room. And we need to pray for each other and with each other, looking to God to make good on the promises that he will do. Here, here's how I know. You're probably thinking, where does he promise anything in there? Let me, let me tell you why. Let's move to verse 12. and I'll... It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light. You know, so you can look at this and say, well, you know, Paul's praying that they would be strengthened. He's praying that that may happen, but there's no assurance that it really will happen, right? No, there is. Here's how I know. Because he says, giving thanks to the Father. The Father. Friends, God, God is your Father. That's not to be taken lightly. I think we can take it lightly because you turn on Christian radio and, and we're just very, we're very familiar with God as our Father. That's very common language for you and I. This was revolutionary in the first century to call, to, to just approach God and say, you are my Father. God is not some distant ethereal force. He is not, He is not some distant guy that you have to go through certain priestly channels to access. God is your, your intimate, Caring Father. I mean, I don't know what your earthly relationship is with your earthly father. It may be awful. You may not know your father. You may have a great relationship with your father. But biblically, you have the most intimate family relational connection to the creator of the universe. Just think about that. Like, you're not just some petty little random plant that he just happened, like a weed growing in some random garden of the Lord. You're his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. In Christ, through Christ, you have been adopted into the family of God. 
So how do I know that if we pray to be filled with the knowledge of his will, that we would pray that we would be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we could walk worthy to the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God? How do I know that if we pray that we will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks? Why do I know that that will happen? It's because God is our father. He's a father who takes care of his children. He's not a father who neglects his kids. He's not a father who disowns his children. He's not a father who ignores his children. He is a father who listens, and he takes care of his children. He makes good on his promises. He always has. He always will because he's God. And that's good news for us. So we can pray. We can lean into God, our Father. But there's so much more here. This is just amazing. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's a very cosmic statement. Shared inheritance. You see, in Christ we have been adopted into the family. That means we share in the blessings and resources and rewards that belong to God alone. That means that we are taken care of. That means we are no longer orphans, but heirs to a kingdom with a heavenly king. That means that, and I love that it says it's shared. I mean, share in the inheritance. That word is very huge biblically we talk about community we talk about fellowship at the end of those the day that does those words mean participation it means ongoing participation if you are in community it's not just a club that you can stamp your name on the the roster it is it means that you are actively participating you are communing with god the father you are communing with one another if we talk about community we have to commune in order for community to be community to, to have fellowship is something that we have with God the Father through Jesus. We, we relate to him. We, we commune with God the Father, but we also have fellowship with one another in Christ. And so, biblically, when we look at this and we say that giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, plural, to share. There is a participation that we have together in our, each other's spiritual relationships of faith. A shared inheritance of the saints in light. The word saint is, is so big. It means to be identified as holy. It means to be set apart. Uh, it means sanctification is something that is an identity marker, but it's also an ongoing process. So to be a saint means that God has designated you as his holy person. He has said, you, you belong to me. I am setting you apart as, as different. You are special to me. You are a saint it's the imagery of the Old Testament in the temple. They would have objects they would use for worship, and they would say, well, this, this bowl has been made and has been set apart for a holy purpose. And they would, they would craft that object and set it apart to be holy. But then they would also have to ongoingly like wash it and, and ceremonial, ceremonially cleanse it to make it holy for continued holy use. In the same way in Christ, we have been set apart to be saints. We have that shared inheritance that we have been set apart and identified as holy, but also there's a process of growing in holiness. It's an ongoing thing that happens. So what I want us to see here 
how this connects to prayer as part of the process of growing in holiness is a community practice of participation in one another's lives. And prayer, Paul says, is how we tap into God making good on promises to fill with knowledge, spiritual wisdom, understanding, walking worthy, bearing fruit, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened for endurance, patience, joy, giving thanks. Don't you want in on that? I do. And I think we try to tap in on that in very isolated ways. Self-help books, private, personal things only. Those things are good, but should be connected into the bigger picture of relationships with one another. And so part of the process is if we are going to share in the inheritance of the saints and light, we have to participate with one another. And so for Paul to talk about prayer here, I think, makes the connection that unceasing prayer is something that we do together with one another. For one another. If you were to look over in James 5, James says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We we almost hung out on that set of verses today, but kind of hopped, stayed in Colossians. But think about that. James even says, hey, look, if you're suffering, pray. Call people, leaders, elders alongside of you to pray and anoint you. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. But the Lord is the one who does the raising. The Lord is the one who forgives sins. So confess our sins to one another. Pray for one another. Because those prayers have great power. Why do they have great power? Because Colossians tells us that it is the Lord who strengthens with all power according to his glorious might. So what I want us to do now I don't want this to be awkward. And if this, if this, if you're a guest here, uh, we don't typically do this, but I'm hoping this may be the start of something we do more frequently. So I don't want this to be awkward or weird. Um, but I want us to pray together right now. Like, I don't want to just talk about prayer and say, isn't prayer great? And go home and think about that by yourself. Like, if we're talking about community prayer, it makes sense that we should probably pray together, right? Is it just me? Or do you want to just go home alone? And pray by yourself. You should, but let's pray together first. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you, if you are, um, if you're married, I hope if your spouse is in here, pray with them and for them, and have them pray with you and for you. Uh, if your spouse isn't in here, or if you're not married, or if you're here by yourself, find someone. It doesn't have to be just you know one-on-one, or it doesn't have to be just two people. It could be three or four or five people. Just find a group, a little huddle, and I want you to do a couple things. For one, um, ask ask how you can pray for the other person. Just say, how can I pray for you? What's going on? What areas do you need to be strengthened? And, you know, and if, you, if you're a private person and say, I'd rather not share, um, would you allow somebody in that group just to pray these verses over you, that you would be strengthened for endurance and patience with joy, 
I'll just, you know, I, I sometimes need joy. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't, I don't have a lot of joy. I'm just like, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> really? You know? Where's the joy, man? I don't know. So you could at least just pray for joy for somebody else. Because <laughs> the smile to not smile ratio in this room is just saying, from where I'm standing, I think we could all use a little joy, right? There's like one guy smiling. I'm like, I've never seen you before. I don't know why you're smiling back there, sir. Stop smiling. I'm just kidding. There's nobody back there. I'm seeing you. <laughs> okay, we're getting off track. So I think what we need to do, uh, what we need to do is pray. And so uh, what I'm going to ask you to do, it's, we're going to spend maybe five minutes. And I hope this isn't awkward. If it is, um, I'm sorry. But we're going to pray. So I want you to pick... Um, you know, two, two to five people as you are comfortable. And, and if you're not comfortable, just uh, you can pray where you are or, um, or whatever you need to do. But I want us to pray. Ask how you can pray for the other person, other people, and spend a few minutes praying for them. And, and then tell them what you need prayer about. Uh, and then um, I'm going to go find my wife right there because, you know, we pray and uh, we need to pray more. So um, just spend a few minutes and, and do that. Okay. You are a good and loving God who listens to the prayers of your people. And God, that by your grace you answer them in the way that brings you glory and us ultimate joy. Lord, I do now pray for uh, the friends and family here in the church. God, I pray that you would indeed grow us all, that we may be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. God, that we would walk walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to you, God, that we would bear fruit in every good work. And God, that we would enjoy the increase of the knowledge of God that you give. God, I do pray for uh, our church family here in the room, for each man and woman and child, that we would all be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. God, we thank you for being our Father in the way you answer Thank you that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. God, thank you that you have delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. God, we thank you in Jesus' good and holy name. Amen.